0: You are listening to the NHA podcast. All NHA podcasts are recorded live each Sunday morning. For more information about NHA, please visit our website at nhachurch.com. What's keeping you from your God-sized dream? But before we get into the message, let's go ahead and pray and ask God for wisdom. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. as as church members and and people of God to hear your word. And Father God, we just ask you to open our hearts, open our minds, let us see what you want us to see, let us hear what you want us to hear. Let us be receptive of it, and we want to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, today we're going to look at Four possible hindrances that could be keeping you from your God-sized dreams. Four hindrances. Without further ado, let's get with it. The first hindrance could be fear. You're looking at, or God shows you your dream. And you're like, there is no way that I can do that. There's no way. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. Well, today, right, right now, we're going to look at a, a person in the Bible that had the same very same reaction as a lot of us do about our God-sized dreams, And that's Moses. I'm not going to read the whole uh, passage, the whole story. It's an amazing story, and if you want to um, read it for yourself, it starts in Exodus 1. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a background of Moses and the time that he was living in in his life okay back the time when moses was born the israelites were enslaved in the land of egypt now as with they were enslaved in the land of egypt they were being beaten they were being persecuted they were living in the one of the worst holocausts in the history of man now by divine intervention God comes along, and Moses is adopted into the family of Pharaoh. He's adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. So he's living in the palace, an Israelite, a Hebrew, living in the palace of the Egyptians. So when Moses goes to live there, let's go ahead and jump ahead a little bit when Moses was a young man. Moses had a lot of love for his fellow Hebrew people. And it showed. And I have a suspicion that every day of his life, that he was told that he wasn't an Egyptian, that he was a Hebrew, that he was an Israelite. So he was out walking one day comes up on a Hebrew slave being beaten by a slave master. And he intervenes on his his behalf. And when he intervenes, he gets so enraged and so caught up on what was going on that he actually killed the man. He killed the Egyptian slave master. And fleeing for his life, Moses left and went into a land had, he didn't knew nothing about the land of Midian. Met a daughter of the priests of that area. Or that area. Married her. And became a sheepherder. He he herded, his father lost sheep. He did this for forty years. And after forty years, that's when God showed him his God-sized dream. He's seen something on the mountain. So he's like, I gotta go check this out. I gotta go investigate. So he goes up on the mountain. And he sees a bush that's burning. But it's not really burning up. He's he's like, I gotta see what's going on here. So he starts to move around, move up there. And this is where God starts speaking to him. Let's read what he says. God said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them out of that land into a land, a spacious land, that's flowing with milk and honey. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now fear started setting in to Moses. He was telling God, there's there's no way they're going to listen to me. I, I can't do this. I've never been eloquent with speech. My tongue is slow. Can I testify to that? That I know the feeling that of that right now. Sometimes I, I have a tendency to start stuttering when I get nervous. But you know what, God? It's like, who gave you your mouth? Who gave you... The words that you speak who lets you hear who gives this sight to the person or makes a person blind is it not i the lord and moses is still like there's no way i could do this lord please send somebody else God a- starts getting angry with Moses. It says, or, hang on. God, star- God gets angry with Moses. He says, your brother Aaron is coming to you. So this is what we're going to do. Now, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not telling you word for word what the Bible saying, but I'm paraphrasing and telling you the story. God's telling Moses, okay, I'm going to speak to you, and you're going to speak to Moses, and he's going to talk to the people. You don't have to speak in front of the people right away. Moses is like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. So, he starts to go where God spoke spoke him in his dream. But can I tell you something? The more God, or the more Moses got into God's presence, the fear started leaving him. The more that he started believing his dream, his dream that God put in his heart started to come alive. And fear started being broken. Little by little, Moses started speaking for God instead of Aaron. And through God, Moses conquered his fear. With God's strength, Moses conquered his fear so you may be sitting out there you may be looking at yourself and thinking to yourself you know what I got some fears in me too just like Moses I got fear and maybe you need to give it to God maybe you need that special help from God it only comes from God maybe it's not fear Maybe it's hindrance number two. Hindrance number two is distractions. Boy, in this day and age, how many people can testify to the, that we've got distractions coming at us from each and every direction? Andrew, could you come up here? i got a little illustration I want to go. There he is over there. All right. Andrew's going to go ahead and sit down there, Andrew. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. Now, Andrew is in his quiet time. This is an illustration of Andrew in his quiet time, talking to God or, you know, reading his Bible. You know, you can even say, if you want to, Andrew, you can even say one of your favorite verses in this, like, you know, just like you're in the presence of God. All right? All right. So, here we go. Go ahead. You're in your quiet time. And I'm going to be do everything I can to distract you. Go ahead. Whoop 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 whoop. Whoop whoop whoop. Check your Facebook and your the Instagram pictures are calling your name. Ohio State is on the on the uh, tube. <laughs> 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 yeah, come on back up a bit. I got You know, d- how did it make you feel when I was messing with you and trying to be a distraction to you in your God time? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Very disruptive, and you couldn't concentrate on what God is speaking to you, will you? All right. Thank you. Give Andrew a good round of applause. All right. You ever felt that way? Where you wanted to get in your quiet time, and you wanted to seek God's will for your life. You wanted to see that dream, but you got so distracted, you couldn't see That's how the enemy, the devil, does for us. He he tries to get us in so many different places, going so many different directions that we lose focus of our God-sized dream. Is that right? So, let me talk about a few distractions, give you a few examples of distractions. For the youth, how about family? How about friends? How about activities? Clubs? And this is the big one, social media, electronics. Adults, thought you were going to get out of this, didn't you? Sorry, not going to happen. You guys got to get it, too. How about your job? How about your bills? How about your family obligations? Illnesses? Relationships? All these things can be a distraction from what God originally intended for your life. Let's read what Scripture says about being diligent in our time with God. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, It is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. So folks, if you're feeling like Andrew, feeling like you're distracted, you don't feel like you're getting that time with God and you feel like your, uh, your God-sized dream has taken a back seat to everything else. Be diligent in your time with God. Be intentional with your time with God. I don't care if it's the bathroom. I don't care if it's the closet. I don't care if it's uh, at Walmart. If that's your place of solitude, or where you can get into in the presence of God by yourself with no distractions. Where God can look at you. God can speak to you. And you can hear his voice. And you can understand his voice. Be diligent. Because God's going to speak to you. The more in, you're in his presence. The more you're going to be able to hear his voice, the more you're going to recognize his voice, and t- instead of the distractions that are all over the place, and your God-sized dream is going to come back into focus. You just has to be diligent. Number, th- you know, before I get to, Henry's uh, number three. Let's go ahead to go over what we've already covered. Number one was fear. Number two was distractions. And number three, I may step on a few toes. But that's all right. You got nine left, right? Well, some of you do. Some of you may have a little bit less, but we'll just go with it. All right? How about that? Number three, hindrance. The stronghold. What is a stronghold? Well, I'm going to tell you. Stronghold. The Greek word for stronghold is our hero. I had to listen to that uh, little thing that, that tells you, okay, how do you pronounce this? So I'll do my best. A hitter, which literally means fortress. Fortress. You could be out there asking yourself, well, what does this got to do to me? What does this got to do with me? Well, with the fortress, with the stronghold, sometimes we build these walls in our minds, saying, there's no way I'm going to let anybody into them walls. I'm not going to give it to him. Not even God can get me out of the situation that I'm in. That's a stronghold. That we build these walls up. And we can't tear them down by ourselves. Let's read what scripture has to say about strongholds. In the New Testament, it's strongholds are mentioned one time, one time in the New Testament. In the Second Corinthians 10, 3, and 4, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. To demolish them walls that we set up in our lives. How about some examples of strongholds? How about addictions? Unforgiveness, gossip, inadequacy, fear that you you don't measure up. There's always going to be somebody better than you. I'm going to tell you a story. And smokers, please, please, please don't think that I am... Getting on to you, don't think that I'm uh, uh, jabbing you. Because this is a story that's near and dear to my heart. It's about somebody that's very close to me. Fifty. My mother smoked for fifty years, over fifty years. Two thousand and twelve, she was diagnosed with stage four. Lung cancer. 2013. September 26th. Around 3 o'clock in the morning. I had the pleasure of ushering in or escorting my mother into the throne room of Jesus. She went home to be with Jesus. For that, for that year, I've seen a vibrant woman, full of life, become skin and bones. And ultimately, cancer took her life. You could be asking yourself, why is he telling me this story? Well, I'll tell you, my my mother was a Christian. She loved Jesus, but she couldn't break free of that stronghold. Smoking was her stronghold. Now, she had the divine power to break that stronghold. but she didn't use it. How do I know this? Let's read verse four again. but the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this war or world. And on the contrary, we have div- div- they have divine power to d- demolish strongholds she had the power available available to her anytime she wanted it but she didn't use it if she would have would the outcome have been different I guess that that's something I'll have to ask Jesus but this is for you guys right here if you got a heartbeat If you have air in your lungs, you have that same divine power waiting for you. If you have a stronghold in your life that you can't break free from, you have that, that power, that divine power that only comes from God to break every stronghold in your life. Every stronghold. Talked about fear. We talked about distractions. And we talked about strongholds. Let's change around a little bit. Let's go a little, uh, get a little goofy. Who's ever heard of the uh, game show Family Feud? Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, I need two volunteers. Two volunteers. Come on, two volunteers. All right, right what? Right there. Hang on, hang on. Right there. I'm looking at right at you, right beside Lisa. Yep, yep, yep. Come on up here. You, yes. Come here. Come on. Come on. All right. I need some, okay, let's do it this way. People that are from sixth grade on up to adulthood. So you come on, come on, come on. Okay. Xavier, come on up. All right. Good, right there. Go ahead in front, of, in front of the altars. You get that altar you get that altar. All right. You know what I've talked about. You know the three hindrances I've talked about. My question for you, and the first person to slap your altar gets the answer to the question. All right? Okay. What do you think, after seeing the, the, the stronghold, or the seeing the hindrances, what do you think the number four hindrance that I'm going to talk about? Ready? One, two, three, go. Come on now. One, two, three, go. Okay, this is not working out the way I, I planned it, but okay. <laughs> okay. What do you think of it? Is? <laughs> Did he, he cheated, didn't he? <laughs> the survey says you win. <laughs> okay. Good job, good job. Give him a round of applause. Go ahead, go ahead and take your seat. Go ahead and take your seat. All right. Remember when we talked about distractions and hindrance number two? Xavier, you got a candy bar waiting in my refrigerator. <laughs> yep, I forgot it because I was distracted. <laughs> okay. Sin, the number four, the final hindrance that we're going to talk about today. I love the illustration that Lance shows us sometimes about sin and how it stops flow. This tube represents the flow of God in our lives. And when we're right with God, that tube has free flowing, His power is coming right down from heaven. To us right here on earth. Unhindered. When we're right with God. But what happens. When sin. Starts creeping into our life. Oh it's just a little sin nobody will know. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll talk to God tomorrow. Right. Sin starts in, into another one, into another one, into another one, into another one. Before you know it, you got a whole bunch of stuff in your tube, and that power from God starts going slower and. Slower and slower before it eventually stops because it's gunked up. God can't use us the way he wants us. We can't see our dreams. or it's all muddied up. You say to yourself, how can I get that free flowing again? How can I get it free flowing? I'm so gunked up with the sin in my life that I don't I don't feel God. I don't feel His presence. I don't feel His power. How do we do it? Well, Let's read what scripture has to say about it. That's the best source that we can go to. James 5.16 Therefore confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. The power of a righteous person is both powerful and effective. I'll read that again. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. The prayers of a righteous person are both powerful and effective. You may be asking yourself, how do I confess? How do I confess? Pretty simple, folks. Pretty simple. Lord, I confess the jealousy that's in my heart. Lord, I confess the angry words that came out of my mouth when I was speaking about my wife. Lord, I confess the unforgiveness that is in my heart. Lord, forgive me. That's it, folks. That's it. If you want that flow from God to hear his voice and to see his dreams for your life, you've got to confess it. You've got to give it to him. Because when you, say, when you say to yourself, oh, there's no way. God can't forgive me. God can't forgive me for what I've done. You're taking the place of God. You're telling the Holy God that his son dying on that cross wasn't enough. Let me ask you this question for those in here. When Jesus Christ died on that cross over 2,000 years ago, how many sins did you commit? How many sins have you commi- had you committed 2,000 tw- two years ago? Zero. Because you weren't even born yet. What I'm saying is, all your sins were, pre- or, were future. God can forgive anything you've done. You just have to give it to Him. Now as we get closer... So, drawing to a close, here in a few minutes, Andrew's going to uh, play a song, and we're going to end in the time of worship and prayer. But before that, I got to tell you a story, tell you a dream that I feel was a a vision for today. I was hanging on the edge of a cliff for dear life on my own strength and I was getting tired. I couldn't hold on very much longer. there, There above the ledge were people walking by. People walking by. Not even seeing me. I wanted to cry out for help. But I had fear in me. Fear of judgment. Fear of rejection. But when I finally... Reached out my hand. It says, help me. Guess what? I looked up and Jesus was right there on the ledge, grabbing my hand. It says, take my hand. Let me help you. Let me help you. Pull me up that ledge. Right into safety. I don't know if that's for you here, here today, but if you feel like you're on that edge of that cliff, and you're doing it on your own strength, can I tell you something? Your strength's not going to last forever. You're going to fall. And when you fall, it's going to hurt. You can't do it on your own strength. As we close, you've heard the possible hindrances that could be keeping you from your God-sized dream. For some of you, it may be fear. Fear may be keeping you from your God-sized dream. Some of you may be distractions. Sometimes maybe you have to just unplug, go away onto your solitude, your solitary place and get along with God. Some of you may be strongholds that you can't can't break on your own. And some of you may be sin. So as we close. We're going to uh, go close in a time of worship and prayer. So, if you have a need, if you feel God is saying, "Here, take my hand. Take my hand. Let me help you." For whatever it is, I want you to come up to this altar. I don't want to give it. I want you to give it to God. Prayer warriors, I want you to come up. I want you to pray for people. Family members, I want you to uh, pray for family members. But I want you all to give it to God. So let me pray, and Andrew is going to go ahead and start that music. And you can stand up and worship. Come to the altar. The altars will be open. Please, don't let fear Don't let uh, fear of judgment, fear of uh, rejection keep you from coming to the altar where God can meet you face to face. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for your your mercy. Father God, we we come before you and we thank you for this opportunity to, to meet you face to face. I pray for the congregation right now, Father God, that whatever's hindering them, Father God, Seeing their God sized dream, that they would actually give it to you, that they would be able to focus on their God sized dream, that it, their dream would become a reality, Father God, that ju- their dream would become a reality in their life. In Jesus' name.
1: All that I can see Is the storm raging around my soul That's when I hear you telling me To leave my fear behind and just let go Surrender all my life to your control
2: you say don't be afraid to trust where you Trust where you will be and
1: Just where you
0: Okay, I'd like to go ahead and release you now. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful week. May God bless you until we see you you again next week. Enjoy your week. And may God keep you safe. In Jesus' name, amen.